new encrypted message from sender KI11steel1932 at sharklasers.com. Blind carbon copy to recipients. Cassandra Kelly, XXX underscore, our heroes are dead underscore, XXX at protonmail.com. And Erso Rin and Thalamore71 at hrar.com. Subject line, xfilestheme.avi. Message body. Hey nerds, sorry to use your personal emails, but I've got some weird stuff to tell you and I want to establish a secure channel. Open parentheses, no, our school emails are not secure. You could hack our database with whatever they teach you in intro to programming, close parentheses. I know Ad Drop Week is almost over, but I capital N need you both to take the second part of Professor Leone's analyzing primary sources, because either he's fleeced the three of us, italics and only us, and italics, out of the education we paid for, or he's trying to lead us down a rabbit hole. Trust me, as a friend and as a fellow seeker of the untold parts of the story, I don't think I can uncover this thing by myself. I need you with me. I'll explain more once we meet to discuss Volume 24. Stay safe and keep it hush-hush. Parker. Waiting for a break in the rain Waiting for the moment to change your lane I came home from the wasteland Okay, Parker, I screwed up my entire class schedule and changed everything around. Just joined this class because you sounded so mysterious. What's going on? I am A, very glad that my mystique is convincing enough, and that B, that you, you, would, you would do that for me. That's very, very sweet. Well, you know, you're speaking my language. <laughs> Hi, I'm Parker. I use she, her, and I know that we're not any more in person than we were last semester, but it's still good to see you both. Good to hear you. It's good to hear you. Erso, <gasps> you came too. I, I did. I told you I was going to take this class. You both have answered my summons. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally because of that. If you want to... What do you want, foolish mortal? <laughs> Me. I'm a foolish mortal. I would simp for a big scary demon any day of my life. Is that your fun fact? That's your fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Erso Rin. I use she her pronouns. I'm 24, queer, and single. And I am She's looking a for a demon to... <laughs> you can't, can't say, say that. that! We're in class! Well, I can think of plenty of things that aren't raunchy to say, Erso. My name's Cassandra Kelly. I use she, her pronouns. I'm not looking for a hot demon, but today I did <laughs> trim all of my tomatoes. In fact, I topped my tomatoes. That's the real gardening name for it. Topping your tomatoes. You were so close. You were so close to not making it raunchy. You were so close. <laughs> you were this close. Oh, my sexy little nightshade. <laughs> Oh, the soul in ACE charm. That's my other email account, Sexy Little Nightshade. <laughs> okay, okay. 
That's actually good. I like that. Hey, guys, remember like 30 seconds ago when we were serious? No. That was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> no. I just missed y'all so much. This is so crazy. It's like we, we just watched a movie like last week, but I know what you mean. You remind like, me of the babe. The what babe? The babe with the power. What power? Power of voodoo. We should probably get down to it this week. The first week of... The new semester. Okay, so you all are probably wondering why I've gathered you here today. I assume it was for the class. I got I got some explaining to you. All right, so over the break, right? Brad's been learning, like, coding and programming and stuff on uh, my work computer. So, yeah, he's tremendously into it. He's gotten some cool stuff done. I'm actually, like, really impressed as somebody who doesn't know anything about programming at all. But anyway, he's he's basically been dominating my work computer. So I decided to uh, do something a little crazy and a little bit out of my sort of usual sphere and try to get into EVE Online. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's ridiculous. Uh... And the learning curve is essentially just a cliff because it's, like, well over 100 years old. So I decided to get into EVE Online a little bit. And I, I did fall off pretty hard, but before I fell off, I had a chance encounter. Do you guys remember Craigery from class? Craigery. Oh, the weird one who lurked and like was maybe supposed to be in our class discussion, but like accidentally got assigned to two class discussions and never came to ours. Yeah. So like weird guy. Basically, I ran into Craigery while I was trying to learn Eve. Like I ran into him. I don't even remember like what was happening, but we we ended up crossing paths in this ridiculous sci-fi capitalist that's MMO. nice dear how is that at all relevant to the animorphs <laughs> okay so we got to talking about class because you know obviously it was a, it was a thing we had in common and he started telling me about one of the books like the last book that we had read i thought he was talking about something totally different like i thought he was talking about like an expansion for eve or something like that so he kept talking yeah, about like this last book where they like went to like a mining site and like went to like the core of planet earth what that i don't think happen. that happened and he was, like, adamant. He was like, yeah, that happened in book 22. And I'm like, uh, n- no. No, it didn't. Okay, but here's where it gets weird. Then he sent me book 22. And they go to the core of planet Earth. And they fight Visser 3 down there. What? Uh, I'm having, like, some sort of cognitive event. And I went back and I checked my book 22 from my downloads folder. And it's totally different. Guys, we were reading different books. Did we download the wrong... There was only one copy. That's what I... Yeah. You weren't even reading the same ones as us. Craigery sent me... Craigery sent me uh, the sort of, like, zip file for the entire book. They were working on, like, past, like, book 10 or 11. They were reading an entirely different set of books. So it's definitely, like, a Berenstein Bears Mandela effect thing, right? (laughs) Is the... Are we in a parallel universe? Was that a... Well, here's... How... Wait, okay. So if that happened, and the TAs were listening to everything that we were doing, and they knew that we were talking about what what are essentially completely different books, why didn't they say anything? I don't know! But we've been reading an entirely separate course load from everybody else in this class, just our discussion group. And I don't know why. I've got proof. I will send you the copies. There's some ridiculous zany stuff that goes on, but everything is a lot There's chiller. ridiculous sta- zany stuff that goes on in our copies, too. I mean, have you yeah. read this week's book? Everything is a lot more sort of, like, polished. A lot more... Like, sort of, they don't, better? The Animorphs don't really lose. Hmm. They don't they really don't win really... normally, so... Okay, so, like, Journey to the Center of the Earth aside... Are they just, like, a different edition that's better edited? No, like, the, I mean, the content is different. Like, the ending's very pat. 
the Yerks are even more like horrible and like terrible, but also even more Ooh, pathetic. I don't like that. Ooh, I don't like that. Than they would be otherwise. Uh, Ooh, and I don't the, like that. the Andalites are portrayed as these kind of like shining intergalactic saviors, the the, the, the sort of white knights I don't of the galaxy. Like that. So this was just written in. by like an, an Andalite with too much time on their hands who wanted to write. Fan Maybe fiction. an Andalite like hacked our class website and but like. I don't know anything about computers. Look, Maybe like an wanna... Andalite like partially hacked. The Andalites who control our government partially hacked <laughs> our class website uh -huh. specifically to give some of us the wrong books. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to try to get to Professor Bradley's office hours, but I'm glad that you mm -hmm. both joined the class because I want to compare. Yeah, Erso, you still have the paper copies, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to keep an eye out because like... Well, we had noticed some discrepancies before. That's sort of what I thought you were going to say, that there had been, like... Yeah, from the message you sent us. This sounds like totally different books, which... Let's work even harder to get more people from the class into the discussion so we can cross-reference. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed there are a few new people assigned to our group, as well as, like, Skylar's assigned to our group again. He did not come to the discussion, probably because he's still working on his thesis. Yeah, I'm surprised he even took the class again. Well, he, I think he said that he was, like, thinking about it. Skylar and I found out that we live near each other, so we've actually been, like, hanging out socially distanced guys oh, in a while. That's good. So he told me that he realized he was going to have to take another semester. Anyway, we do still have to pass the class and discuss things that are actually in the class. Mm -hmm. This week we read volume 24, The Sus, narrated by Cassie. <laughs> um, it's The Suspicion. Um, okay, so here is my summary, and I'm going to try and not do... A 20-minute summary, like I love to do, because I love to talk too much. <laughs> Rachel and Cassie are hanging out at Cassie's place, and Cassie finds, like, this magnetic toy spaceship attached to the water pump where she hid the Escafil device. She's a little weirded out, uh, but she thinks it's just a toy spaceship. Then um, they see another toy spaceship actually flying around and the anamorphs go, oh crap, it's a real spaceship, just very small. So then they go try and find the first toy spaceship, they get shot at, and they find out that there are aliens in the spaceships called Helmicrons. And Helmicrons are very, like, pro-conquering stuff. And they are also tiny. And they want the Escafil device because they can use it to power their spaceships. So everyone goes back to try and chase down the Escafil device. There's a lot of dogfighting in midair. Cassie and Marco... Cassie and Marco get shrunk along with Tobias and surrender to the Helmicrons so that they'll stop shooting things. Um, so then they're all shrunk down. The three of them, Cassie, Marco, and Tobias, are shrunk down. Cassie and Marco go on the spaceship. Tobias hangs back. They find out a little bit about Helmicron society. Um, it's a <laughs> matriarchal society. But at the same time, the female Helmicrons who run everything can only rise so high in the hierarchy before they are killed so that they can't make mistakes. They're like the perfect leader because they're dead so they can't make mistakes. <laughs> so then... Cassie and Marco are like, Blarg, there's also Yerks happening, and the Yerks want the box and might have it, and you should go hunt them down. So everyone chases off after Visser 3. There's a really comical. trippy scene where they morph super, super small, because they were already small, they morph smaller, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's running around. It was very confusing. I could not totally follow what was happening. Specifically, they morph small because the the morphs that they do are scaled down for their new shrunk size. Yes. So their small morphs become microscopic. Mm -hmm. Because the DNA is shrunk. <laughs> Whatever. I don't. Okay. <laughs> so then a bunch of people get shrunk, including Visser 3. Honey, I shrunk the Visser. 
everyone is running around trying to do all this stuff. They all go to the gardens where Cassie morphs an anteater. A regular sized anteater. A regular sized anteater because somehow the that DNA that is she's bigger. bigger. She got the big DNA. And then she, <laughs> she as an anteater slurps up the Helmicrons as do like other people. Everyone gets slurped up by the anteaters slurp, and then slurp. they all negotiate the Helmicron technology and unshrink themselves and then the <laughs> Helmicrons who have been give, exposed to like male liberation fly off fighting and it was all a really confusing journal and i don't think this really happened (laughs) well that out of the way let's get into the specific parts that i found the most hilarious (laughs) (laughs) go off i'd like to preface my opinions on this book by saying first and foremost what the heck (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. and secondly what the heck <laughs> the thing where they they morph like even smaller animals because the dna is smaller they don't morph a normal sized animal because the dna inside their systems has been shrunk so they morph small animals because <laughs> of the small dna that's not how dna me, works strikes me as being about as sort of like logical as the moment in just cause three where the guy gets up on top of the jeep because quote he'll fight better from up there and he's just standing on top of a moving jeep just like <laughs> completely rugged in a perfect standing position while the jeep's going like 60 miles an hour it doesn't make sense people they're like well we have this green screen room with a green screen car we might as well take it. it's fake class discussion over let's go home I mean, we're all already home. I got I got a couple more points. More so home. this is just the, the explanation that the Animorphs themselves come up with to explain what's going on, right? This is Cassie just being like, This is definitely how DNA works. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, am in high school and I'm taking biological chemistry and know how the world works. Wasn't she, like, failing bio earlier? Only because she couldn't yes. keep up with the homework. I know, but so if she can't keep up with the homework, she's probably not reading it. How does she know anything about DNA if she's not doing her homework? Hey, I'm a bad student, and I, I'm smart sometimes. But do you know about how DNA works? No, that's not my area of study. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know at least three things about how DNA works, and I don't think this is how it works at all. I guess Aximili is the one who tells them the Helmicrons would have set certain size parameters, no doubt. That is to say, they picked a size and then shrank all three of them to that size. That is now the baseline. Any morphing will be relative to that baseline. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Wait, where's the DNA thing coming Because later when Cassie's theorizing if she can oh, yeah. morph an anteater. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's like, oh, yeah, it'll be big. It's, like, right at the end. This structure, I mean, I know, like, real historical events don't have a neat narrative structure, but they've been pretty good about, like, shoving those historical events into neat narrative structures, and they didn't do a good job in this journal. No, there was way it's too like, much. It's, like, fight, 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 resolution. <laughs> That's it. That's all that happens in this journal. I know. Uh... So Cassie is to blame. This is in chapter 28. Oh, sure. Blame Cassie. You're going to tell me what this is all about, Jake demanded, not too gently. I'm not totally sure, I admitted, but something occurred to me. When the Helicrons shrank us, they also shrank all the DNA inside us. All the morphs were reduced to that same scale, right? So? Marco asked. Well, it occurred to me that the new DNA, newly acquired DNA, might not be shrunk. So that's that's Cassie's explanation. They, they did the wrong equation, but got the right answer. It's ridiculous, but 
Cassie's lateral thinking corner, I guess. <laughs> Good for her. I mean, I mean, I know I I will mercilessly make fun of her complete and utter misunderstanding of DNA, but like good for her on lateral thinking. That's a skill that these kids really find themselves needing to use a lot. And I'm glad that Cassie has a lot of it, an abundance of it. Just please read one science textbook, Cassie. Can we just admit though that I'm definitely the captain? What? A dead lady with swords through her on a chair? Yes. Okay, a dead lady with swords through her on a chair is incredibly aesthetic. Exactly! And everyone comes to me for advice. I want my corpse to inform thousands of generations. Yeah! Finally, we seem to have arrived. We entered a room with a dome ceiling and a shallow bowl floor. In the center of the room stood a single helmicron. Beams of light illuminated... Uh, Cass uses him, but it's actually her because they're all ladies. Beams of light illuminated her like a movie star in Oscar night. She looked like any of the Helicrons except for the fact that she was wearing a flowing golden cape. And there was one other major difference, which is she's dead. Uh, she did not move. She did not breathe. Her eyes did not look at us. She was covered with what looked like bread mold and cobwebs. Her arms and four legs were shackled, bolted to the deck. Three long steel swords were sticking through her body. It all looked very ceremonial. <laughs> that just sounds like the best way to go out, don't you think? Yeah, are the Helmicrons right? Are the Helmicrons space Americans? Because listen, <laughs> listen, I think the Helmicrons are like Americans. Okay. They have an overinflated sense of their own importance. Mm -hmm. They want to conquer everything because they think they know better and they want to interfere in other people's conflicts because they think they know better. They overly optimistically report on situations that have gone terribly wrong. They are stealing other people's resources for their own, namely the Escafil device. And much like in the 2020s in America, they are worshiping a dead leader. Ooh. I see your comparison to America and raise you a comparison to Colonial Britain. Mm. But did Colonial Britain literally worship a dead leader? Because they totally did that in the 2020s. Because the imperial colonialism, isn't Queen Elizabeth basically dead? She's like a sprightly 302 at this point, right? 330 <laughs> flirty and thriving. Well, because the thing is, you know, <laughs> way back, you know, whatever it was, like, 70 or 80 years ago they realized that there were no good heirs to the british throne since i hadn't been born yet because fun fact if enough people died i would become queen of england um but so way oh back God. in okay. like the 2020s 2030s they realized they had no good heirs to the throne because they were all like terrible or like the good people had opted out of monarchy because they were reasonable so they just resurrected queen elizabeth and put her in a cyborg body yeah i mean and that and then that's where they got the idea to clone arnold schwarzenegger uh-huh exactly because no, he's the no, closest actually, thing that we have in america to queen elizabeth no Parker, Parker. right i think it was the other way around i think they cloned arnold schwarzenegger and then we're like oh we should like cyborg mummify queen elizabeth okay they asked themselves when making a new Terminator movie, you know, who's the best person for this job? And they tr they did lots of interviews, but in the end, they just concluded that it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I thought you were going to tell the me that Queen Elizabeth was one, one of the Terminator movies. Well, she uh, does have a cameo. She has a cameo in, like, the She does have a cameo one. in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. No, you're totally right. Because anyway. she, you know, went into a second career in acting as well as running England. Like you do when you're 300 and you've got the existential angst, mm -hmm. you know? You're like, yeah. why, why, why am I still doing this? I want to go back to a, a thing that we're continuing to see that we talked about a lot last semester and that we're continuing to see this semester, which is how people look at Rachel. All right, beginning of chapter two. Uh, 
Cassie's like, Cassie's yeah. like, as always, she looked like she just stepped off this the page of Mademoiselle me. magazine. Rachel's the only person alive who could be run over by a bus, buried in a mudslide, and thrown two miles up in a tornado, and somehow emerge from it with perfect clothes, perfect hair, and perfect makeup. All right. Look, so they keep saying Rachel could get flash frozen into a bunch of liquid nitrogen, they get run over by a monster truck, and she'd come out of it looking fresh as a spring daisy. <laughs> like, why do all of these terrible things have to happen to Rachel? Would somebody leave Rachel alone? Like, book 40's gonna be like, Rachel could get shot out of the airlock on a space station and burn to a crisp on re-entry and crash into the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and get stuck to all the garbage in the Garbage Patch and become a Katamari Dimaji while terrorize the seashore. And then he get exploded by a bunch of government missiles from the government and she'd emerge from the wreckage plane. Like, all right, I'm ready for my close-up. Like, oh, I, God. You're right. I feel like it's not a running joke, but this, like, recurring motif is meant to try and capture the sort of duality of Rachel in that she, like, goes through a lot of chaotic stuff and also is, like, on the outside, a paragon of traditional femininity. But it's just really weird how, like, the kids keep saying this, especially Cassie, I think. I do think some of it is because Cassie really feels like she and Rachel... Okay, so a thing I mentioned a while ago is that I feel like Rachel views Cassie as a foil in a way that Cassie does not view Rachel as a foil. Because Rachel sometimes views Cassie having her moral and ethical (laughs) dilemmas as, like, Cassie judging her just by having her own moral and ethical thing that does not involve Rachel. But Rachel feels like judgment is being passed on her. So maybe they... Cassie sees Rachel as a foil in terms of, like, she looks at Rachel as someone who makes her own gender presentation and outward presentation even like more starkly non-normative probably in a way that involves race um and so i feel like it's kind of yes (laughs) but then rachel is like well i want to like welcome you into femininity and i want to like bond with you over this stuff and i don't really see that as much of a foil thing but rather as like a oh i would love it if you like joined me in my hobbies more and i will tease you about it but it's not like a big deal but then cassie is like i'm having my own moral and ethical dilemmas i don't view you as a foil in the moral ethical dilemma place i'm just doing my own thing over here i don't know consider what cassie is most afraid of right cassie is afraid of like culpability and guilt mm-hmm. about her choices. She's afraid of things like sticking to her, right? So, oh, I see where while, you're going. While other people, uh, while the other people, specifically the boys in this in this crowd of our savior teens, might sort of like do the whole like the boys <laughs> and Tobias, the boys uh, and Tobias, might sort of <laughs> do that thing with Rachel, where they're like, oh, she's both unflappable and indestructible and feminine, and so this is how we're going to sort of do these things by just like making a lot of bad hypothetical things happen to her and have her come out unscathed poor hypothetical rachel she she suffers more than anyone but that quality that's really attractive to cassie because she's really most afraid of being affected by the things that happened to her i think you're exactly so she's coming at it from a slightly different angle but she's arriving at the same spot again like wrong formula right conclusion right that's cassie's Yes, well, I don't know. Morally, I think that she has the right equation, but logically, perhaps no. What would the, I, I wasn't aware that there was morality of shrunken DNA. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I was referencing more like the stuff that happens with Aftran and everything. But oh, yeah. um, I don't. Is Cassie the most? Is Cassie the most faith-driven anamorph? Yes. I think so. Because that to me seems like a lot like, I mean, I feel like that enables her lateral thinking and it enables her ability to be hopeful um, and to sometimes get it right, even though she should technically have gotten it wrong. I feel like she is at least like vaguely Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her parents say grace. Or no, wait, her parents don't say grace. Her her parents don't say grace. But yeah, anyway. Tag yourself, I'm the clerk at the... thrift shot wondering which kind of spaceship it is me too (laughs) for rangi or minabari or shadows or if it's a tie fighter i'm the helmicron captain i already stated this i want to be the helmicron captain like goals yeah i don't want to be dead and full of swords but if you're gonna be dead you might as well be both dead and full of swords and forever exalted in your right i'm forever (laughs) exalted when i'm alive (laughs) People come to me for advice. I don't know why people come to me for advice. I don't get into your mess. personal life. I don't know. I don't know who's doing all the exalting, but I, I it's I. It, uh, you are Mostly great. Just I like you a lot. Gross dudes on the street, TBH. Okay. Well, you hate that though. Everybody, yes. like that's it's not good. I mean, but do you think the Helmicron captain enjoyed being exalted to death? Yeah, that's part of their yes. society. Mm, I mean, talk about a glass ceiling. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I've been sitting on that joke from the beginning. That was very funny. I don't know if that's applicable here. It's funny, though. Hey, so just a little bit more on Rachel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been watching Xena Warrior Princess. Oh, my God. (laughs) Is it good? Are you enjoying it? It actually is very good. Nice. It's very funny, and... Gabrielle is great, and I'm still only on season one, but I don't know. I feel like I have a greater insight into these books through watching it because I feel placed in the culture of the 90s a little bit more. So I should catch up to where you are, and then we should start a Xena Warrior Princess podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh my podcast. God. Why do you two always want to start pod? Okay, actually, I also always want to start. Why do we all always want to start podcasts? Uh, I don't know we should do it. Boredom. Anyways. Fair. <laughs> What a sad, depressing thing to do, starting a podcast just because you're bored. Also on the point of sort of like the different kinds of femininity, I am a lipstick lesbian. Mm -hmm. I know this about you. Um, Yes, we know this and we love you. I'm I'm a Burt's Bees bisexual. (laughs) I stole that from the internet. So I (laughs) have several like butch friends who at various points I have had to sort of like restrain myself from having a Rachel moment where I'm like yeah me too let's do a makeover and like let me teach you everything I know about femininity and god no for sure the like 90s movie makeover montage urge is so real I, even when I know yeah. it's unwelcome <laughs> I do th- I don't think it's necessarily unwelcome but I just don't want to like be that person to be like yeah no you have to go and get new like pants with me because you're wearing galoshes or whatever and like yeah you look, i mean you for, for me it's like fashion is a form of art something i enjoy it's something i spend a lot of time mm-hmm. and money and energy on because it's like one of my favorite forms of art and forms of expressing myself Heck so yeah. it can be really hard to remember that it's like super loaded for some people and that they don't want me to be like let's go try on dresses and like pick out new lipstick <laughs> 
I don't know if a lot needs to be said about it, but I would like to sort of recognize and honor the truly mighty sprout that occurs at the beginning of chapter 27. <laughs> I saw that and I thought of you instantly, Parker. There are three R's in this sprout. We got a sprout. I can't get the like, good job. Good job. I'm snapping what? my fingers. I'm snapping my fingers like you're a beat poet. Good job. Anyway, we'll love, a, we'll love a sprout. We'll love a good sprout. This is Marco sprouting out some new legs while he's a tiny... It's always fly. Marco who spruits. He's a really, really <laughs> tiny fly just before they start to get subcellular. Yeah. <laughs> that lets them see the cellular structure, which is, is a cool moment. I like it. But this whole thing feels very much like a magic school bus moment. It's yeah. Just like, oh, wow, we're yeah. going to explore the cell. <laughs> One of my notes that I made for the class discussion was huge shrinking down and going inside your classmate's body to fix their cold energy. <laughs> Which I know, sorry, Professor, I know that's not like a productive or helpful cultural commentary in any way, shape, or form, but in my defense, it was very funny. Next episode on the Animorphs, they go to Pluto, and one of our friends takes off their helmets. They take off their helmet, and then they die permanently. Speaking of permanent consequences, has anyone else heard the conspiracy theory that the Animorphs just stayed small for the entire rest of the events of the Animorphs journals? No, and I don't like that idea. No, I hate that. I mean, that. It, it's ridiculous, and I don't believe it, but it is a conspiracy theory that exists. How do you explain that? I don't... Do I mean, listen, 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 have they have pages of alleged proof, and it's all ridiculous. This is bad. It's, it's bad, very bad. But it's very funny. That's the thing about, like, these books in general, is that <laughs> all of them, like, are slightly insane, bordering on extremely scary body horror, but, like, this one is extremely funny, bordering on existential dread of body horror. Because what if they did get trapped also as tiny mood. people forever? What happens? You know? That's too terrifying right, like to think of. There have been some times where, like, one of them got really close to being stuck in a morph, and it's always yeah. like, a terrible morph to get stuck in. Like, Tobias really lucked out in comparison to the possibility of getting stuck as, like, a flea. Well, or to a be fly fair, they didn't even consider morphing insects for the first few journals. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it's just like, there have been so many times where I'm reading a journal, I'm like, imagine if this went wrong, and this character got stuck as like an insect or something like mm -hmm. they would die, they would just die you mm -hmm. know they might live for a few more journals but they would just they would just die you know like a bird would eat them or something mm -hmm. i want an au where cassie gets stuck in her tiny form and then uh the rest of the animorphs have to bring her back to her parents and explain everything and her parents are like why is our daughter so small <laughs> no see honey that, we shrunk the cassie that's framed as funny but think about the reality of that it would be horrifying. You the become world a is not adapted for people that You're just small. an Arietti now. No. I, know, I, could, I could be a really good Arietti. She, I think she's even smaller than Arietti. No one uses fax machines, but call you'll hear the noise. Statues left by ancient Greeks, the perfect cheeks of noticed right away when uh opening this journal up to read is that cassie has like backtracked a little on her whole empathy for yerks thing which really annoyed me because you know 
Yeah, well, because after Aftran, she was like, okay, I guess sometimes it sucks to be a Yerk and, you know, hashtag not all Yerks. And I was like, go Cassie. But then she starts out this journal by describing the Yerks as, like, a terrible evil, a disease. Like, it must be fascinating to study them. Like, it would be fascinating to study cholera or typhoid. And, That's accurate. and I'm like, Cassie, this is really not dehumanizing, but depersonizing. Isn't and she like, just... Isn't she just failing to describe the right thing? Like, she's she's generalizing the Yerks when she should be specifying the Empire. Yeah, exactly. But then, one thing that I did like that Cassie mentions towards the beginning of this journal is, like, at the, like, bottom of the first page in ours, our copies, she says, We look to the Yerks like Aztec gold looked to Cortez. Which I was like, thank you for acknowledging that like colonization and conquest isn't just a year thing because i love that she's like drawing a direct parallel to human history and being like hey you know all that terrible stuff that conquistadores did that's what yurks are doing because mm-hmm. it is a good comparison everyone is terrible all the time ah <laughs> again quite a big logical job so i had like really mixed feelings about kind of this first chapter she's the only one who's ever ever historically and socially conscious <laughs> Yeah, the other ones are only, like, historically conscious when they're saying terrible things, like that whole Civil War thing from a few months ago. And it's, like, the two white guys talking about it or whatever. Well, she's obviously had to think about everything in a different way. I don't know, but I feel like we don't... I don't know. We need to keep track of if we're seeing, like, good historical analysis from Marco as well as the, like, one other person of color on the team. The the one bit from the whole David saga, from the whole David Duchovny, where they're talking about uh, when sort of violence is justified against uh when violence is justified against a like an aggressive force and Mm -hmm. they talk about like the nazis and stuff like that's that's some degree of historical consciousness i think it was a while ago i don't really remember i don't know i think um i think part of marco's character is that he doesn't really engage in that kind of analysis like yeah like he's super smart and that's a difficult thing to define but um he's He's one of the most wily members of the Animorphs, but um, I don't think he's, like, maybe as informed about historical events. Just Mm -hmm. because I think Cassie's the only one who makes these comparisons throughout the entire series. Except, uh, like I said, except for when someone's making a terrible and vaguely racist comparison. Well, not va- it was racist. Yeah, I don't even making a terrible. Like, yeah. yeah, I was trying to be nice. There's no, no reason to be nice here. They're all dead, mm-hmm. and who cares? Um, yeah. It was racist. Like, I get that they're 13, but when I was 13, I'm pretty sure that I knew that, like, the central issue of the Civil War was, you know, <laughs> slavery is yeah. bad. You grew like, we all grew up, like, hundreds of years after them, though, and there's, like, an elevated level of cultural consciousness across, like, basically I all feel like culture, so. even back then they at least knew, like, slavery bad, civil war about slavery. Maybe don't kind of compare ourselves to Confederates, especially, like, right in front of Cassie, because that's probably upsetting for her, and you should think about her feelings! I don't know if you, like could conceptualize how kind of awful the education system was back then. Like, they probably didn't I can't. know that. It's like, they probably, they could have been more sensitive, but they probably just, like, straight up didn't know what was going Ugh, on with that whole thing. Terrible. Anyway, things are better now. Uh, Erso, you had points, right? Pointy points. 
I have well, a whose, hypothetical. Whose turn is it to make a point? I have a hypothetical for you guys. All right, let's hear it. So if you're a Helmicron Luch and a Luch and a Hibachi, I think you're gonna say a Helmicron Luchador. <laughs> if you're uh, if you are a Trojan horse, uh, sort of manned entirely by Helmicrons. Oh, I love that. <laughs> let's talk about that instead of whatever Erso's hypothetical. Okay, was. no, no, no. Wait, I want to hear. I want to hear Erso's. Oh my god. <laughs> if you're like a like a like a hobby, they wouldn't be able to shut up in. for We're long a enough. Totally normal horse. You can ransack the Hibachi restaurant. Anyway, my ha- the okay. Thing. You're a very small horse. <laughs> That's called a pony! No, a very, very, very small horse. That's called a miniature pony! No, I'm talking about a sixteenth of an inch tall. Okay. And you're bound by social taboo not to demorph. And <laughs> the Helmicrons rally to ride you. What do you do? <laughs> Uh, buck them off need... like a bronco so wait i think no helicrons would be particularly good at rodeo because they've got four legs so they've got four points of contact that they could potentially kind of grip your back with bite them <laughs> kick so you them would... <laughs> horses are battle demons built only for murder same with the helicrons though horses are worse horses are possessed by demons as well as being so who would themselves. win a helicron sized horse <laughs> or a helicron sized helicron I think the hundred like Helmicron sized horses would win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they, they work have, together. They, I think they're more tenacious. And I know that's mm-hmm. saying a lot because obviously Helmicrons are Helmicrons, but Helmicrons don't have the fear of death. Can we talk about how they don't have the fear of death? <laughs> well, they they don't, just don't I care. guess it makes sense. Because of their them. whole sword ceiling. Right! That's why it's even better to be the Helmicron captain, because you're not technically dead. Yes, you are. You it's are. just your body is you dead. Are. Your brain lives on. No, by it your doesn't. Brain, your, I They're mean, just your pretending it does. Or something. <laughs> They're just pretending it lives on. And... They're a fungaloid species or whatever. What cordyceps. Yeah, don't talk to me about cordyceps, but they're... We're not going to talk about <laughs> them. Fun- talk cordyceps to me. They're fungible no. or whatever. Fungible. <laughs> fungible. fungible. I don't, I don't know that if That means something word, different. But... It is a word, but it means something different. Fungible? Yes. Oh no, what does it mean? Not, Did I it's say not like something a sex dirty? thing. I don't really know what I, it means. It's just not a sex thing, but it's like something different. Let me look it up. Alright, I have I have a friend who's trying to get in touch with me to, to, to do some stuff. Uh, Cassandra, you have points, right? Is it EVE Online stuff? Yes, I'm very pointy. You nerd. Would you judge me if I told you <laughs> that it was a 64-person raid? Did you read the Hork-Bajir Chronicles yet? No. Do it. Anyway, so my point is, that we've talked about before, how everyone like puts a lot of pressure on Jake and puts a lot of responsibility on Jake, and Jake also puts it on himself, and is like, Blarg, everything is my fault. Blarg, blame everything on me, because I'm the one who makes decisions, but then also like the other kids play into that and kind of do want him to take on that responsibility. We uh, Jake says Blarg a lot. <laughs> my versions of everyone say Blarg a lot. Um... <laughs> Well, Marco, like, really lampshades that when he says, boy, you miss Jake when he's not around to make the life and death decisions. And it's just another example of Marco, like, saying something a little too real as a joke um, that I think really neatly sums up how much they are all depending on Jake to make life and death Mm. decisions and how that's, Mm -hmm. like, a really unhealthy dynamic. Like, don't get me wrong, I am not at all a Jake stan. He did some really awful stuff. I do not like that kid, but, like... 
also that's a lot of pressure to put on this kid's shoulders well well let's let's look back a little bit i think this has been developing over the past seven books or so Mm -hmm. especially with the david saga Mm -hmm. yeah although the ultimate like responsibility in the david saga fell to rachel and axe of like literally just sitting there while he screamed for two hours Mm mm-hmm our most magnificent and omnipotent one. We have taken the blue box of transforming power. Though the blessed and glorious heroes of the Galaxy Blaster are gone from us, we of the Planet Crusher shall avenge them! <laughs> oh, great Emperor, the most wise, the most far-seeing. We have at last found a planet ripe for conquest. <laughs> it is a very large planet filled with very large species. But the larger oh, they I are, the lower they will be brought as, well. as they cringe and tremble before our unstoppable might. From the log of the Helmicron ship, Galaxy Blaster. <laughs> okay, fine. So is it my turn? Do I also have to do a Helmicron voice? <laughs> Please do. Oh, great one, most magnificent of all leaders. We have met the vast enemy in battle and have triumphed. Using the power source we discovered, we have shrunk three of the aliens to <laughs> our size. And we would have captured the power source as well before the con- before the cowardice of the galaxy blaster. Filled with the courage you give us, we shall recapture the power source and use it to drive our enemies before us, wailing and crying. From the log of the Helmicron ship, Planet Crusher. <laughs> Gruddle before the Helmicrons. <laughs> Oh wait, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read I'm gonna read the part where Mar- where Marco grovels. Yes, I was I was just gonna say, can we can we take a second and appreciate Marco's groveling? I'm corner? just I'm gonna read it. Marco's groveling it's, corner. It's so funny. Got to mm-hmm. keep it by. Uh, Marco scooted his legs forward, lay on his back, stuck his hands behind wait, wait, his head, and relaxed. Like it's ch- chapter eighteen, right? Chapter sixteen. Chapter sixteen. 16. Beginning of chapter sixteen. I want to read it. Okay. He's scooted his legs forward. No, shh, shh, shh. Let Erso read it. I was going to provide the context. Oh, okay. You provide the context. Marco's sco- uh, I'll provide oh, the wait, actually, No, the, 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 the beginning context is important, actually. The one I'd spoken to is that you may grovel in the style of your own people. Grovel as you normally grovel. I saw the slag weave in Marco's eye. You heard the man, Cassie. Let's grovel. He scooted his legs forward, lay on his back, stuck his hands behind his head, and relaxed like he was at the beach soaking up sun. You heard the man, Cassie. Let's grovel. I grovel before the mighty Helmicron captain, most mighty of the mighty, undisputed champion of the world in the dust weight category. We grovel like the pitiful losers we are. We grovel like a guy who hasn't gotten a date before the, the day before the prom and the only girl around is the head cheerleader. That's how much we grovel. Cassie, you can join in any time, you know. We grovel like, um, like grovelers. Marco turned his head to shoot me a disdainful look. Oh, good groveling. Put some feeling into it. I grovel like a, like a person who is really, really groveling. I said lamely. Meanwhile, Marco was, of course, getting into it. After all, he had an audience. Oh, mighty Helmicron dead guy. We grovel like a video game addict trapped in an arcade without a quarter. That's how much we grovel. You would not believe the depths of our grovelry. We grovel like a guy with a large order of fries and the only salt shaker is at the table of the school bully. We grovel- Enough! Now you will tell us the location of the power source. Blue box? Yes, the blue block. Uh, the blue block. Yes, the blue blocks of Trent. I did it again. Anyway, I think that's that's, <laughs> that's all. Enough. Marco's, that's enough. That's Marco's grumble. I was having me. trouble trouble reading that salt line because I was salivating at the idea of salt. <laughs> me too. I was reading that line. And I was like, "Tag yourself. I'm the guy who wants the salt shaker." <laughs> I'm the video game addict. Trapped <laughs> in an arcade without a quarter. 
Anyway, uh, do we have any other goofs to get in, or should we <laughs> end recording and then be like Blarg? We're I gotta all, go. Yeah, so be like Blarg. We're leaving. Really happy you all joined the class. Thank you very, very much. And can't wait to uncover a vast conspiracy showing that our world is not what we think it is. <laughs> Bye. Stay yeah. safe. Stay safe, everybody. Continue to stay safe, even though we thought the pandemic would have been over by now. I was supposed to go to a holographic My Chemical Romance concert last month. a hologram um, concert, month. not a holographic. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Bye. Stay safe. Stay safe. Bye. The Morph Report is now on Patreon. We care a lot about accessibility and we want to provide transcripts for our podcasts. However, we are not able to keep up with the transcripts ourselves for much the same reason that we care about accessibility in the first place. To help offset these costs, we have introduced two preliminary tiers on Patreon at a $2 and $5 level, and we are working on more. If you're interested in supporting us so that we can transcribe our episodes, and also so that we can pay for our hosting fees on Pinecast, please look us up or follow the link in the episode description or on Twitter. Thank you. Stay safe. Thanks to Noelle Micarelli for the use of their songs Comic Book Girl, off the EP Field Notes from Another Place, and Complicated Spoon. You can find more of their music at noellemicarelli.bandcamp.com. The Morph Report is hosted by Marina Malucci, Scrivener Lamb, and Blythe. You can follow us on Twitter at MorphReport. If you have a question for the Podmorphs, tweet at us or send us an email and we'll answer it on the show. Our email is themorphreport at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. love the Animorph series? How about podcasts? Do you love podcasts? Well, then allow me to introduce the Animorphs podcast directory. Here you'll find an ever-growing list of Animorphs-themed podcasts to sit your every Animorphin desire. Be they active or completed, book reviews or audiobook adaptations, the podcasts of the directory are always there for you when you need someone to chat with about everyone's favorite Mighty Morphin teens. Check it out. We'll see you there. I have a Wait. knife. Love a knife. Oh, Is what it... a knife. Ooh, 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 oh, what a knife. Oh Late September <laughs> back in 2063. <laughs> and oh, I, I get a funny <laughs> feeling when I'm stabbed right through the heart. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> What a oh. lady, what not. Anyway. Oh, man. I'm sure that Professor Leone is so happy to see us back in class. <laughs> 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 <laughs>